here again, obviously. And it is Monday night. It's about 20 past 10. So, you know, we're getting on. Um, and I thought I'd get this kind of done before bed. Um, I'd like to get in bed for around about 11 p.m. That would be a nice round time, a round number. Um, it's a nice sentiment, but I don't know if it's going to be achieved. Um, feeling a little, uh, what's the word, apprehensive here, because the cat is roaming around. And uh, she is looking like she's, yeah, here she is, she's causing problems. Um, I'm hopeful that she might just go and sit on her chosen cushion. Um, it's interesting the way the cat behaves, really. Um, she kind of goes through phases in all walks of life. So, um, obviously, all of the different types of cat food there are. You have the trays, which are kind of you know, fairly high-end, the gravy's very gravyish, and there'll be flakes of meat, whatever that meat is, um, and then sometimes you get the pouches, which is just like a pouch of jelly and meat, um, and they're fairly gross, and then you lastly will get the, uh, the pate, <laughs> which, um, I would say, you know, cat food, none of it is nice, um, I say that as if I've eaten it. I mean, none of it smells nice. None of it is particularly appetizing. Um, but I have to say, I think the pate, even though it looks the most palatable, I think the pate is the most disgusting. Um, it smells, you know, beyond belief. And I think perhaps the reason it's so bad is because it is literally, you know, just a... a a mashed up kind of, you know, tablet, uh, a, a, a disc or a, you know, like a cube of meat gelatin grossness. And, um, I, over the weekend I fed the cat, I gave her some of the, gave her some pate and, uh, I kind of, I seem to have caught an unfortunate huff of the pate as I was feeding it to her, and um, I I was very nearly sick. Um, I was probably a bit sick in my mouth, at least. Um, and, I mean, m mostly the reason I think it was kind of so bad was because I had just made corned beef hash. Now, I haven't had corned beef hash for a long time, Um it was kind of something that I had quite a lot when I was a child. Um, and now I'm a man-child. I thought I would, um, you know, reintroduce it into my diet. So I, I made it. And there is something quite interesting with corned beef in that. On one hand, it's really quite delicious. It's, it's, it's a nice, nice thing to have. And I think a corned beef hash can be relatively healthy. It's quite hearty, at least, which is one thing. You know, I think um, occasionally, especially on a Sunday night, you do need a hearty meal. 
um, to kind of get you set you straight, I guess. Um, but it does. There is something inherently gross about it. I mean, I'm also a big proponent of spam. So corned beef and spam are, you know, they're both. Some people see them both as absolutely abhorrent. Um, you know, both tinned meats often, you know, with gelatin. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they're, they're not overly appetizing as they slide out of the, uh, the tin cans that they come in. But for me, spam is, is the superior of the two, I think. Pork over beef, I would guess. Um, I think in their in that particular form of mashed up offal, I think um, pork is slightly nicer than beef. I think beef in terms of prime cuts, a prime cut of beef is much nicer than a prime cut of pork. Although I've just said that and I don't I might disagree with myself because pork belly could very well be my favorite thing ever. Um, but that's kind of by the by. Um, I'd made a corned beef hash for myself and then I immediately went to go feed my cat some uh, cat pate, which kind of smelt suspiciously like my corned beef. And I think it all just got to me and I was thinking, God, you know, I know better than the than the scumbag that is my cat. Um, you know, eating, you know, aged mashed um, offal from a tin. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I suppose on one hand, it's quite nice to know that, you know, the the simplicity of the a cat's world could be ours if we lower ourselves. Um, and I think that's a that's a comforting thought because sometimes the, you know, the 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 vast expanse the the urgency and the, the um kind of the i guess the extraneous you know bullshit excuse my language of our of our lives can kind of be a bit overbearing at times so it's nice to know that at least on some level um you know there is a you can be a bit like a cat a um a small animal that's essentially just worried about eating and sleeping and you know going outside once a day for a for a poo um i don't know if the cat actually poos once a day but she does need to go out once or twice um yeah she doesn't like to use a litter box only only during particularly bad weather anyway we're seven minutes in and you didn't come to listen to my cat although to be fair i'm not entirely sure what you're here to listen for so um yeah um yeah there is that speaking of the corned beef hash um i've eaten it two days in a row i made it someday and i finished it off today i didn't make all that much three potatoes and a tin of corned beef probably my ratios were a little off although i was following the bob mortimer recipe um I recognize he's not necessarily a renowned chef, but um, I feel like that I, I always like to find, you know, a person who was really a master at their particular craft. Um, so there's a lot of very good chefs out there who are very good at making lots of stuff, but, you know, I'd like to find 
I wanted to find the master of the corned beef hash, and I just felt like if any one person is going to know how to make a truly great corned beef hash, I figured Bob Mortimer might be might be the man. Um, and I like my corned beef hash with gravy. Um, I think probably more so because when I was younger, the corned beef hash was a lot more potato heavy. So a bit of gravy with it really was nice. I think cheese, I, I probably didn't go for cheese when I was younger because I didn't really like cheese. I'm not sure why. I'm still not huge on cheese. I like it melted, but that's about it. Um, although I am partial to a cheese board over Christmas, I just need to have had a few beers prior to, um, getting going on that. Um, but yeah, uh, so I was having gravy with a corned beef hash and, um, I spilled the gravy yesterday and today. Now you might be thinking, well, that's an insignificant thing to note. And uh, you'd be right. But then again, you know, we're, what are we nearly 50 episodes in to this podcast nearly 50 episodes in um you know i I think the notable things in my life might have been noted at this stage admittedly i'm 25 years old um going on a kind of labored 26 um and i feel like (laughs) i feel like hopefully there's more to to tell but you know, that'll come in time. I'm hoping one that once the pandemic's done, I'd like to go to South Korea. Um, cause I want to sing Japan, uh, Japan. <laughs> no, well, I also would like to go to Japan obviously, but I'd like to go to South Korea so I can sing karaoke, um, kind of in, in one of those karaoke bars with, um, and I'd like to be wearing kind of like a, you know, a, a, a kind of a gross, sweaty shirt, button-down shirt with the top few buttons buttoned down, a white one as well, but it's kind of slightly yellowish because I've been wearing it most days when I've been there. I'd like to be wearing sunglasses. I'd like to be clean-shaven but with longer hair. Um, and maybe I'd like to take up smoking when I go to... South Korea as well, Marlboro Reds, or possibly that would be what I do in Japan. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, that's what I'd like to do. I don't know why I mentioned South Korea at all. Anyway, I was making the gravy for my corned beef hash and, <laughs> and I spilt the gravy on my feet twice. Now, I walk around the house in sandals, sliders actually. I think they're officially called sliders. Um, so we'll we'll give them their their props. Ooh, just avoided a, a yawn there. Um, so I walk around in sliders, but I, I tend to also wear socks with them, especially during these cold winter months. I mean, is it winter? It's February now, but I suppose... Yeah, probably around March time it becomes spring. I never really take note of it. It's kind of the weather that's important to me, not the season. Um, you know, I, I take a sunny day in spring over a miserable day in summer, if you get my drift. Um, but yeah, so I wear sliders and socks a lot. 
um, especially in the cold. And what's interesting is the gravy spillage today and yesterday was identical. It hit the same foot in the same spot and it was basically the same amount. In fact, you know, it's a, there's no discernible difference in the gravy spillage except for the fact that I was wearing different socks. Now, the sliders I was wearing, obviously there's a, like a strap that goes around your foot and, um, you know, your, your heel is exposed and your toes are exposed or your socked toes are exposed. Now, the gravy fell and landed on the sock today and yesterday, roughly, I don't know, within centimetres, within a centimetre, I would say, of the slider strap on the same foot. And I was frustrated that it happened today because I was hoping that I would have learned my lesson. It's also worth noting the gravy was hot, but I was not damaged. I was wearing socks. I didn't even feel the gravy. I just saw it. So you don't need to worry about my health or anything like that. Um, but yeah, to me, it just all feels there's something a little suspicious about it. It was almost as if, you know, we're, we're in a simulation or a matrix or something like that. And, you know, the coders for the gravy spilling while one is making corned beef hash and walking around the house in sliders and socks, it's like the coders had ever considered one eventuality in that scenario. If you if you're sort of following along here, it's it's as if I found a scenario niche enough for the coders to have not fully fleshed it out as a uh, you know a human experience. And it's part of me wonders whether the gravy spillage in a corned beef hash scenario with sliders and socks is always going to result in a speck of gravy landing on the on my exposed sock just below the um, the, the the slider strap. And I was thinking about that today, just after I just after I spilt the gravy, and I just I wonder whether we've really stumbled upon something here. Um, because it was uncanny. It really was. I mean, it was strange. Um, I don't know. I suppose what's most annoying is now I've got two pairs of, well, yeah, I've, had, I've now got two pairs of socks that stink like gravy at the end of the day. Because obviously I didn't change them. I, you know, it, you know, it's not really affecting anyone, but, um, you know, they, they, they're now destined to be washed, um, as they would have done anyway. So I suppose life hasn't changed. And that and that might be another factor into, in the reasoning behind the, uh, you know, the coders not, um, you know, not taking great deal of care with it in the simulation. Who knows? Anyway, probably time for a bibbidi-bobbidi because I, I recognise over the past few ones of these few episodes of the podcasts i've kind of been full stream of consciousness no no bibbidi bobbidies and i feel like there should be more so i will be back with you in a few seconds
Hello. I'm here again, obviously, as I said to you a few seconds ago. But, you know, I I, I was thinking about possibly dispensing with the idea of saying hello at the start. I don't really want to, like, have a, you know, a, a kind of verbal tick that I have to start these things with. But it would feel disingenuous to, like start these um these podcasts as if it's like you know i've you know i'm already settled down and i've been talking for however long like a lot of these podcasts that i listen to anyway do like when you listen to joe rogan they're already they've already been talking and then they kind of well now we're starting whereas like for me i'm sat in my living room or my bedroom or wherever and, uh, you know, I can't, <laughs> I don't think I'd want to pretend that I've been talking to myself for 10 minutes before I start the actual podcast. Um, even if that may or may not be true, you know, I do, yeah, I do find myself talking to myself a fair amount and that's outside of this. Um, what's quite nice is, um, this doing this podcast, like, you might f- think that it might feel weird, but it actually doesn't. It feels like I am talking to people, um, just very quiet, very good listeners, um, and that's nice. So <laughs> congratulations, you're a good listener, um, certainly if you've made it this far. Turns out it's episode 46, I've just figured that out. Um, and that's a remarkable amount of episodes, I mean... I'm not sure what exactly um, the goal is with this because, like, um, to me, it's inconceivable that this would ever be, um, you know, a viable, like, job, even though some people do seem to have jobs doing podcasts. I feel like a lot of these people have stuff to say. Um so I suppose the goal with this, or the you know the uh, the overarching kind of idea, is that this is probably just like a journal in a way. Um, I do write a lot, but um, I think this is a bit more natural and. Um, like when I'm writing, I'm considered, and I, I guess in a way, I don't want to say censoring because I'm not quite censoring myself because really, because no one sees my writing. You know, there's five or six people that listen to this podcast, but zero people ever read the writing. So that might, if anything, be even more um, kind of personal um, and like honest, I guess. Not that I'm being dishonest on the podcast. I suppose it's more just a case of the certain things I wouldn't speak about, I guess. And also there is the the notion, there is always the notion of possibly being cancelled. Um, now, I suppose I'm in, a, I'm in an uncancelable position right now because um, I don't have a following (laughs) you know i don't have it if the podcast stopped my life would just continue because 
um, you know, it isn't my job and I don't have a presence and, you know, I don't have a platform to then be deplatformed on, I suppose. Um, and, you know, despite what I said a few minutes ago, I probably would still just be talking to myself about these things anyway. I would just be kind of seen to be more insane than I am right now. Um, which isn't, you know, isn't ideal, but I could live with that, I think, as a, as a stigma. Um, but yeah, um, I, what I was thinking about today was, I think I probably touched on it on the last podcast, but not massively deeply, I guess, but like the, just the ridiculousness around like, you know, the, the markets, the investment markets and the value of certain assets and companies and really just like how, you know, how nonsense it all is really, because, um, there's this cryptocurrency dog coin, doge coin, doge coin. I'm not quite sure how you actually pronounce the meme. Um, D-O-G-E and um, it's it's got got a cryptocurrency <laughs> and um, you know so it's a cryptocurrency named after a meme presumably it has some real like you know merits to it I saw um, a tweet that was talking about kind of you know what distinguishes it from Bitcoin and what makes it good and worthwhile. And that's great, but I'm just a little uneasy with the idea of it. Like, you know what it is. It's kind of like this made up thing. <laughs> you know, I've already spoken about kind of, you know, all of this stuff really. Like, you know, when you're, when you're, if you're working in that field and you spend all your days looking at, a computer screen and you're just seeing these numbers, these figures um, on a screen and you could just add a zero or take away a hundred percent of it or whatever. And in reality, like nothing physical is really happening. It's all just like derived value or, um, you know, what be the word kind of, um, uh, I guess, assumed value or something. And, um, anyway, the past few days, I guess, but specifically today as well, this dog coin, I'll call it dog coin. It's, you know, sharp in value. I can find out now exactly how much it is. Um, but it's like over the past six months, it's increased in value by 2.1000%. I don't know why I said that. You've never heard anyone say 2.1,000%. 2,142.62% in the past six months is what its value has increased to. Um, I mean, annoyingly, had I invested in it once, you know, when I previously, when I first came across it, um, I would probably have doubled my money in it. But again... 
it's all just a number and I don't really know what the to me I'm I'm a little disassociated I'm not no that's the wrong word I'm disillusioned with kind of memeing at the moment um because Elon Musk tweets about it and it just increases value and this isn't to diminish Elon Musk's um his importance and his genius um you know he's a significantly more important person in the world than me um and i think he's probably got a lot more to offer but it just feels all a bit weird like part of me wonders whether he recognizes all this and just is taking the piss a bit when he when he's promoting this dog coin and then you find out today that his actual company his com- well one of has invested 1.3 1.5 billion dollars in bitcoin so loads of people have backed dog coin bitcoin then flies up and stuff and um i guess in a way any good sentiment towards bitcoin is you know by proxy also good sentiment towards all cryptocurrency and so dogcoin will probably benefit as well or has um but it's just kind of all a bit to, to me it kind of feels like he's been having a laugh with dogcoin and then like the real stuff is now well, we're actually doing bitcoin um and people kind of go along for the laugh of it and um I don't know. To me, it just makes it all seem like one big joke and I don't know what we're supposed to do. Because, like, <laughs> in theory, if, you know, part of me is wondering whether I should, you know, kind of take a big, massive risk with a fairly sizable sum of money back one of these seemingly stupid things. Kind of like a GameStop situation you know whereby i kind of follow an internet uh community or something or or just follow what elon musk says and put a large sum of money behind you know something and just hope that it you know maybe try and get caught up in the two you know the the 2162 percent gain and then quit my job and be a millionaire. <laughs> like <laughs> but I don't know how I don't know how I would feel if that was the case. So like you know, if if I had invested my life savings into Dogcoin when it came onto my radar, not that I would do, but if I was just a reckless person, I I would I would be able to buy my house that I live in from my mum and kick her out. Not that I would, but I could. Um, likewise, like on the on the GameStop stuff, I I joined the Reddit group mostly just to see what was happening and hopefully leech on to anything else that they talk about. I'm not in there with great intentions. I I won't lie to you. Um, I'm not really asked about sticking it to the man because I don't really know what the man is. I think 
it's all kind of as as you might have guessed by the past kind of six minutes of nihilism i don't really think there is anything it's almost like a kind of a massive facade that we all take part in um because if we didn't there would be nothing you know it almost it's almost like life itself is a series of games for us to take part in before we just eventually fail we age and fail um you know some people like the kardashians some people like football i know i always talk about those two but for me they're kind of you know two very large cultural icons i guess and then people who like to pretend that they're very serious people they they take part in politics because you know it, it's a, it's it seems as though it's a bit of a game to a lot of them and i guess some people go in with 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 good intentions but ultimately it it, it then just gets lost in in bureaucracy and then other people who are kind of, you know, who don't want to be seen as gamblers, they just invest their money in stocks. Um, now, of course, you can make money in stocks and it's, well, funds, but, um, and it's not really that hard as well. Um, but it's all just the same sentiment to me. Like it is just a case of keeping yourself occupied. Um, and I guess if, if art or creativity isn't the thing for you, which it isn't for some people, then there has to be something, um, because not everyone wants to write a story, um, or sing a song. Um, you know, I'd love to be able to sing a song, but quite frankly, no one wants to hear that from me and I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah. I just feel there's something odd to me about the way that an Elon Musk tweet can just change, can just, you know, change the value of something massively. Um, I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I don't know how I feel and I'm uncomfortable in general. It makes me feel I tell you what it is. It makes me feel a bit powerless. Um, and I feel like there's not, uh, there's something kind of uncomfortable with a lack of power. Um, and I don't even mean it in the sense of like a Doctor Doom dense, <laughs> Doctor Doom sense. Um, like, I'm not, I don't seek power. I don't want to like have dominion over anything except for like a sofa or a bed or or a kitchen don't walk don't walk behind me while i'm cooking mum but um yeah i think i think i think i like to feel like i'm in control of my destiny Ugh, destiny sounds a bit much um i just like to feel like i'm in control of what i'm doing and um, when I look around and, um, you know, I'm noticing that there's glitches in the matrix, gravy glitches, um, and, uh, you know, Elon Musk could potentially tweet about, you know, my house and say it 
sucks and it's then worth $10 or something, £10. <laughs> a shilling. Oh, excuse me, I'm sick of my mouth there. Um, probably thinking about the cat pate and more, more corned beef hash for dinner. It was nice, but, you know, cat food. Um, yeah. I guess, yeah, I just feel weird. I suppose it, it goes back to the idea of this thing that I've thought for a long time, and it keeps me going. And it's this notion of you can only really um, worry or you should only really concern yourself with what's in front of you and what's in your hands. So, you know, if you've got the ball... <laughs> I've not thought about this. If you've got the ball, you can throw it, you can put it in your pocket, you could eat it. But what you don't have control of is who's holding the bat, you know? So... um. If you're going to throw the ball at the person with the bat, give it your best shot, and that's fine. But if you don't want to throw the ball away, don't throw it. It's a terrible analogy, um, but a, a terrible analogy of an actual good point, I think. Really, you just need to worry about the things that you can control. So if you want to better yourself, fine. You know, do that. You can, you can eat... You can eat less or more healthy. You should eat more healthy. Don't just eat less. Eat more healthy. You can eat more healthy. You can exercise more. That's something that's in your hands. Um, but ultimately, you, you can't, you know, control your hairline. I know that's a tough subject. I reckon I've probably only got five good years left in me. I think, um, I think I'll probably... I think I'm going to be fine by the age of 30, but I think once I hit 30, there'll be a slow, maybe not even a slow decline, fairly rapid decline. And I think by 35, I'm going to be in real trouble. I might be managing a hair island at that stage. So um, I'll probably have to have it shaved off, I reckon, by 36 would be my guess. Um, so hopefully any pr you know prospective um, wife of mine doesn't listen to this particular podcast. Um, unless, of course, she likes, you know, bold men. Not like Jason Statham, unfortunately. I think he might be the pinnacle of bold men. Um, I But I'd like to put myself kind of, you know, higher than a Phil Mitchell, as discussed previously. So I think if she's into bold men, she'll be doing okay for herself. And that's a nice thought. Um, but my point is there is that I might go bold at the age of 36. However, oh, sorry, I might I might lose a lot of my hair by the age of 36, but it's in my hands what I do with it. I can leave it, and I can look like um, famed jiu-jitsu coach John Donaher. When he had hair, he had a big hair island, and he could kill a man, but he had a hair island, and there's nothing he could really do about that. And then he shaved his head, and he looked better for it. So he took what was in his hands and he did it. And the, um, you know, <laughs> that's what I'll do when I'm older as well, maybe. I might even have hair. I don't really know. I'm just a bit worried. Um, you know, it's touch and go. One side of the family has 
a bad history of hairlines and then the other side of the family has a very good history of hairlines and I'm just worried that I'm going to be you know somewhere in the middle where I'm kind of missing a large patch and then everywhere else is just wonderful at which point still really nothing going for me so I might just have to you know take matters into my own hands go to turkey with 5000 pounds and come back with a with a bouffant as some people would say um but yeah in life there's certain things you can control how how you treat people how you treat the environment um how you treat yourself very important as well and maybe that's all you need to worry about dog coin you know maybe it's here to stay Maybe it's what we all spend to get our co-op meal deals in the future. And if so, you know, I'll, I'll likely I'll likely kill myself um, that I didn't buy it a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, you know, it, you know, my reaction to that news will be in my hands. That's the key. Um, and in the meantime, I will just continue to try and be a good person to people, to myself, and the cat, who's getting quite angry now, and I'm probably going to have to feed her some some pate, which will make me feel very sick. Um, and yeah, I encourage you to do the same. Just worry about the things that are in your hands. So be nice, be, be kind to yourself, and be kind to other people. And um, yeah, thanks once again for listening to the podcast. It's very, very much appreciated. We're nearly at 50 episodes. We're nearly a year in. Um, And, you know, provided this doesn't um, affect my future career opportunities, which I suspect it will, but who knows? I'll probably just do it anyway. Um, I'll I'll do the podcast till the end of time. That's one of the few things that's in my hands. I will continue to do it. Um, if you feel like anyone else would enjoy to listen to the podcast, if you feel like anyone else would like to listen to the podcast, do share it. Um, don't feel obliged. Of course, I mean, there's probably better things to spend your time doing, but uh, it would be appreciated. It'd be nice if we can continue to build this this community of six or seven people. Um, I'm, I'm as mentioned previously. I'm a, I've got a small presence in Sweden, um, the United States, France, Germany, and I'd like to stretch the empire wide and become kind of the the Alexander of the um, of the Manx podcasting world. So we'll see about that. But yeah, thanks for listening. I will leave you be. It's now three minutes past eleven. I'm going to try and go to bed. Good night.